Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host today, Dylan Huntzinger at Thunder Chats, and I'm not by myself today. I am joined first from the state of Oklahoma. We have the one, the only Champagne, Jerry. Jerry, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, this is the first weekend in a long time that I didn't actually drink champagne, and I'm very disappointed in myself. Uh, but I did make it up with Wildberry Trulies, the best pack of Trulies that you can put your lips on um the lemonade is trash so get out of my face with that um crazy week man crazy week had easter day first first real easter where my baby could walk around and pick up eggs Mm -hmm. um which she wasn't interested in i literally had a carrier to each egg to grab it and put it in her basket um yeah uh you know just hate my new schedule uh if i'm being honest i work 12 to 9 now and it is absolutely hellacious on trying to watch games. Uh, I think I've watched literally one game in the last two weeks, and I really, really hate myself for it. So, um, yeah, here's to the tank. Let's let's keep it going, boys. Hey, hey the grind don't stop, man. And I just got to say, while truly uh, Jerry does not roll off the tongue like Champagne Jerry. It does not. And it's not <laughs> as ex- – one bottle of bubbly is the same as a 12-pack of Truly. So, you do the math there and tell me which one's better. There you go. Hey, here's something that rolls off the tongue. We got Maddie Moles in Texas. Maddie Moles, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, not a whole lot because we've got a two-week-old in the crib and we're feeding every three hours. So, like, it's really fun. Um, but – I've got Topo Chico, so we're hitting the hard seltzer uh, big time. Wait a second. Wait a second. I need – take a sip and give me a review really fast. Give me a 10-second review here. Strawberry guava, um, really good initial taste. Nice bubbly, uh, not over the top. They kind of let the fruit like – it's kind of like understated, but not like you dipped a Jolly Rancher in water and then called it a drink. Okay. So it's good. It stands on its own. Uh, Topo Chico did a good job. So okay. there's a Tom, Matty Moles review. Yeah, living in a Hispanic household, that's Topo Chico was something that, you know, was on deck all the time. And I really want to try those. So I might have to go get me a pack. Pretty lit. Thank you. There you go. Make Sponsor us, guys. <laughs> Somebody. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, as we tend to do here, we're burying the lead. We have another 
person with us today. We have a very special guest joining us today. She is from Oklahoma. She studied at the University of Southern California and currently residing in the state of Texas. She's the senior writer for DailyThunder.com, co-host of the Cross Bolts web show, and president of the Darius Baisley Fan Club, and by far the most intelligent person who has ever been on this podcast. In a couple <laughs> of years, we'll be calling her doctor, but for now, we are honored to welcome Olivia Ponchal. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. That's it? He wrote all that for you and that's all we get back? Thank you for having me. Thank you for the very flattering introduction. Um, you clearly went on my LinkedIn page, got all the info, so I appreciate that. Um, but I'm excited to be here. It's going to be fun. Hey, we're, we're excited to have you. And pay no mind to Jerry. It's all good. We just like to set the tone early. So that was better, Olivia. That was way better. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. All right. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. So, uh, Olivia, before we you know kind of get into the nitty gritty of the Thunder basketball and everything, we kind of like to you know get a little bit of background on our guests, just so you know the listeners kind of get to know them a little bit better. So, um, let's start off with uh, what was it that originally got you into basketball? Yeah. So when the Thunder came to Oklahoma City, uh, I was like a freshman in high school, I think, and I was not that into basketball. And then one of my friends invited me to a playoff game and she had like courtside seats. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so we get there, but I didn't realize that for her, it was more of like a social event. She didn't actually like watch the game. And I was like, wait, I like actually kind of wanted to watch this game. And it was like, it was the second game in that series. It was the first game at home in that series against the Lakers. And I think like Russell Westbrook had 30 points. Katie had 30. I think Katie also had like 20 rebounds. The peak was insane. It was just like a ridiculous game to be at. And this person that I was with, like, couldn't be bothered by any of it. But I was just like, so enamored by it. And I was like, I want to be a part of whatever this is, like always like the peak like this with all these people and like rallying behind this team. Um, like that's just like beating up on like the Kobe Bryant. So it was wild. And so that was my first uh, exposure, I think, really to like the NBA. And I, after that moment, I just got really into it, really into following the stats, following players, um, expanding beyond watching um, Oklahoma City. And I mean, I never thought that it would actually like become my job to cover the Thunder, um, but I have to say it's like been really awesome and I'm glad that it turned out that way. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I have a few <laughs> friends like that too and it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. infuriating. It's just like, we are not at some class B basketball game watching exactly. some high school girls team. Like this is the NBA, act like it, you know? Yeah, it was a really, it was, yeah, I was just, well, I wasn't like that into it, but I was like, I knew enough about basketball to know that like Kobe Bryant was like the guy, like he was like the Michael Jordan of our generation. And like this person just like could not be bothered by the fact that Kobe Bryant was playing basketball literally five feet in front of her because he's for courtside seats. And it was just wild to me. And looking back, it's, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, a shout out to her for inviting me to that game because it definitely <laughs> changed my whole life. So <laughs> absolutely no it's it's the same way with me like uh i've only got like really close to the florida uk game one time i went with mm -hmm. one of my buddies i worked with and uh you know i was standing up like i was excited i was cheering but like the, that whole like lower section is just full of old people and they're just kind of mm -hmm. looking at you like sit down i can't see yeah like, it's like Bro. stop shouting and i'm like you're in an nba game at a playoff game no less so I don't know. Dylan. After that moment. <laughs> that accent was on point for you Kentucky old people, by the way. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm not a Kentucky old person. I'm just I'm just emulating them. So 
Yeah, no, like it's yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's just a pet peeve. It struck a nerve with me. All right, <laughs> we'll move on. Um, uh, so a- after you graduated from Oklahoma, you went to USC for college, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a- as you mentioned, I did look at your LinkedIn page, kind of you know, get some background here, and I found out you were a D one athlete on the rowing team. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> it's actually a really funny story that tangentially actually has to do with basketball. So. First, let me preface this by explaining there's like two types of people that do rowing. So there's obviously the rowers and these people are like over six feet tall, like super strong, like think like Winklevoss twins. Like those are the type of people that actually do the rowing. And then in the boat with the rowers, there's this person called the coxswain. And that person has to be really small. Like we're talking like five feet tall because they have to fit in this really narrow space at the fr- at the front or the back of the boat. And they're in charge of steering the boat. And they have to be really loud. So obviously I'm not six feet tall and super strong. So I was a coxswain. I was the person that was really small, sat in space and yelled at people. And so how it happened. So obviously I, I like didn't do rowing like in high school or anything like that. Wasn't mm-hmm. um, into the rowing team. So I was a walk-on. And what happened was I was actually at the USC UCLA game and it was a game at it was basketball at UCLA. And so the section that they had for like the USC fans, they put us like in the very back row in the rafters, rafters in Poly Pavilion. And so we're super far away from the court. And so being me, the person that gets really into basketball, I'm like shouting at the referee from all the way back, back at the pop, shouting at the players, like complaining, just like yelling the whole time. And this person sitting behind me, she talks on the shoulder and she's like, do you go to USC? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And she's like, you know what? You would be perfect for our rowing team. We need someone who can yell really loud and is really small and just like really obnoxious and like confident and is a shouter. I feel like you would be perfect for this. And so then like the next week I like tried out for the rowing team and the rest is history. (laughs) So so like, what's your like number one go-to if you're heckling a ref? If you're heckling a ref? I love to, to just like bring up things that are like way too personal. So like stuff that I like look up about them on like Wikipedia, like not like rude things, like not like talking trash about like their wives or anything like that, but like just finding really small random details about them. Like I remember there's this one coach, I think it was, uh, he used to coach for me for like Oregon state. Maybe it was Tinkle, but it was somebody else, someone like that. And I just like kept shouting their name repeatedly. And apparently there was an incidence where he like threw a clipboard at a player or something. And I just like, why don't you throw your clipboard, bro? And just like really <laughs> obnoxious. And like, whenever we would go to USC home games for basketball, we would always sit like front row right behind the basket. And so we had a very good, um, good, very good range for bothering the visiting coach at the home games. So that was definitely my go-to in the college. <laughs> Went, sort of like to me. Wikipedia. <laughs> so. That was me at the Spurs games whenever Tony Parker was playing. I was like, that's what you get for cheating on Eva, you jerk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Stuff like that. Like, yeah, that just like is obnoxious. And like clearly they can hear you because they're so close to you. So it really takes all their strength to ignore you, I feel like. But yeah, that's a lot of fun. Nice. So you're you're going to school to become a doctor. How much time do you have to go? And then uh how, how do you ever get sleep with your schedule? <laughs> um, so I just started. So I still have three more years of school and then residency and all that. So I've got quite a long way to go. Um, but I feel like it's really just all about balance. Like I like doing what I do for Daily Thunder because it's a good distraction and a good break from school. Um, I think it's good to have hobbies and not just be into school all the time. And so I actually really appreciate it. I think I would be like lost or burnt out without Daily Thunder. So it actually works out really well. And, and how do you sleep? 
<laughs> but how do you sleep? But how do I sleep? I don't. And I'm, I mean, <laughs> doctors don't sleep. So I'm just, honestly, I'm just training for the future. Um, starting early. I'm a little early. <laughs> Ambien and melatonin are your friend, I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's 100% fair. Because, like, I swear there's this one resident at the NICU. I, I, I don't think I've been there and she's not been there. So I yeah. uh, totally sympathize with that for, on her sake anyways. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of touched on, you know, you uh you like writing for daily thunder because you know it kind of gives you an escape it's the dichotomy between that and studying to be a doctor is like so vast so like how how'd you start writing for them um so i actually started um when it was part of up the thunder so that would have been Mm -hmm. like 2017 or 16 um and so i i think that I think that they had tweeted out that they were looking for writers or something like that. So I like sent them some stuff that I had written in college and then they didn't get back to me. And so I kept bothering them over and over and over again (laughs) until they responded to me and they were just like, oh, like, sorry, we like didn't see this. And I was like, it's fine. But also like, can I have this job, please? And so finally they gave it to me and it worked out really well. I, I mean, I started out mostly covering injuries for them. So that was the season that um, Andre Robertson t- tore his patellar tendon. So that was like a big, a big moment for me in my uh, injury writing career. And so I wrote about that and really just like explained what the injury was and what the prognosis was and, you know, what the surgery was like. Um, and that was probably my first big feature piece for Daily Thunder and not to name drop or anything, but Royce Young did email me and told me he liked my piece and it was probably the highlight of my whole life. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's how it started. And then I just kept, you know, I kept writing and I wrote more feature pieces and recaps and all kinds of things. And now um, as a senior editor for Daily Thunder, um, get a little bit more flexibility on, you know, what we write about, what we do. And so Brandon and I started the Cross Bolts show that we do twice Mm -hmm. a week. And that's been really fun because it's just like a really short, topic that we do and we get to argue and fight even though we're like best friends but we act like we're not when we're doing the show uh just to give us something to argue about but that's been really fun um and so yeah that's what I do now mostly is cross bolts and then running the twitter account that's awesome yeah I know uh uh, well I've I've live tweeted for daily thunder a few times and I know like (laughs) half the time it's hard to get a slot in because you're you're on the live tweet uh, like all the time so yeah that's fun. I like doing the live tweet and always people always tell me they're like, I can tell when you're the one doing the doing the, the Twitter account because you're always so much like more sarcastic than other people and just like kind of like harsh. And then I always tweet in all caps. So everyone's like, I knew it was you because you're tweeting in all caps. <laughs> everyone, everyone needs a brand. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, works out great that way. It's all all caps and the clapping emoji. That's that's kind of my all vibe. caps all the time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, don't, I don't do the clapping emoji, but I, I do a lot of all caps too. So yeah. Now, now, now I feel like we got brain wars going on, Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, so let, let's kind of get in the thunder here. So uh, okay. as I mentioned in your intro, you're president of the Darius Basley Fan Club. Uh, what what are your thoughts on the on his play on the court before he got injured? So I feel like if you give me an intro like that, president of the Darius Basley fan club, I have to say something nice, <laughs> but you don't have to. 
But if I'm being completely honest, so I think that he had some really good games. He had like a couple of stretches where he was pretty much a walking double double every night. But then he had some really bad ones where he missed like his first seven shots completely and they were all like layups. And so I think the biggest thing for Darius Baisley this season has just been inconsistency. Um, I think that he just has gone up and down a lot. I think that he's been getting in his head a lot more than he did um, compared to last season, especially during the bubble. I don't know if like, when he was in the bubble, he kind of realized his potential and, you know, the role that he could have on the Thunder. And now he feels like he needs to, to be that all the time. And I think he kind of psychs himself out. And so I feel like he was a bit inconsistent this season. And honestly, I don't like, I, if you would have asked me this at the end of the bubble last season, I would have said hundred percent Darius Baisley is part of this team going forward. He's like a very important part of this young Thunder core. And while I still feel like he's important, I feel like this season, other players have really stepped up and might sort of be pushing him out. So hopefully, I don't know, hopefully he, when he comes back from his injury, which I don't even know if he will, because we're obviously not trying to win games. So I don't know, but I hope he gets another shot because I think that there are other people on the team right now that are kind of outshining how he was even before he got injured. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I love Darius Baisley. Like I, uh, you know, I've, I'm probably not up on your level. I, I, I was very, um, I was very negative, I guess, uh, coming out of the draft just because, you know, the unknown and like, you know, just kind of disappointed. But after like, you know, I kind of dug into it. I was like, you know, this guy's got a lot of skill. Like he's got mm-hmm. high basketball IQ and it was kind of like, you know, the ushering in of a new era. Um, you know, he was like the first player of like that new era of like Presti players now. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope he gets back because, you know, like you said, you know, we've seen flashes like, you know, that Bucks game in particular when he was just, like, dominating everybody on the inside. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I hope he gets back because uh, I, I'm, I'm confident in his ability and I, I'm pretty high on him as a player. And I think he has a pretty high ceiling. He's just kind of, you know, got to put it all together there. Hmm. Um, so, you know, talking about his injury, he's been week to week on the injury report as opposed to day to day. Um, mm-hmm. is it, his, is his a shoulder? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. His left shoulder contusion, which is just a fancy doctor word for a bruise. So yeah. it's really not that serious. I think, I mean, I think that it's probably uncomfortable for shooting and it's on his left arm, but I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. definitely uncomfortable, but I will say that I do think that the thunder medical staff is being a lot more conservative than I think that they normally would be for something like that. And I don't think it's because it's serious. I actually think it's because not playing Baisley gives players like Poku and Moses Brown a lot more opportunities to play and to really grow in this season. It's sort of like um, extended G League time for them, I guess. And so I, I, I personally think that's the reason why Baisley is now week to week and it doesn't really seem like it's coming back anytime soon because it doesn't seem like an injury that would normally take that long to heal. And I don't think it like turned into something more serious or anything like that. I just think that they're, you know, trying to play this young core. That they've but got. it's contused, Olivia. It can be very <laughs> bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe he has internal bleeding in his organs or something. I, but there's no organs up there. I really don't know what it could be. That would be more serious than yeah. that. Um, but if they're caught up that they're calling it a shoulder contusion, then that really is just like a bruise and it's sore. So I feel like is much, is there like a shot or something that they could get? Like if this was a playoff game and he had to go, could yeah. they give him like a shot in the shoulder or something? And like, he could work through it. Yeah. I mean, they could give him like a steroid injection, but I mean, I don't think that would be 
usually that would be if you had like a torn ligament or something and you couldn't operate it, then you would do like a steroid injection. But if it's just a contusion, that's just like ice and rest and physical therapy. And you just kind of wait it out. I mean, I think that if, if this was like a playoff game situation, he would just play through it because mm-hmm. I feel like it's not that that serious, but then you get like a Paul George situation when you play through the pain and then like both your arms basically like fall off. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of what I was thinking. So yeah. So yeah, there's definitely no need for him to play through it. No need for him to make it any worse. So I think that's the reason why they moved him to week to week. So I'm just going to say this real quick. Darius Baisley (laughs) is 10 times the man Paul George ever thought he was. Okay. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's, can't even compare the two injuries Darius is really hurt and contused Paul George is just faking it I'm calling it now so exactly so Darius going from way better dress too big facts yeah going from one hurt thunder player uh to one who's like legitimately hurt mm-hmm. um the Thunder announced that uh, SGA has plantar fasciitis. Uh, could you give an explanation as to what that means and yeah. what it does to him? Mm-hmm. Sure. So in the arch of your foot, there's this tissue or fascia that runs the length from the heel of your foot to the ball of your foot. And encased in that fascia are tendons. And those are the tendons that come from your leg, go around the bottom of your ankle, and then go to um, the toes. And so when um, a player, so like what plantar fasciitis is, is an inflammation of that fascia. And so that usually arises from just overuse or like bad foot biomechanics. So maybe like you're, you know, not running the best way or like not cutting the best way and that's causing undue stress on that fascia. And so really with plantar fasciitis, it's more of, uh, it's like an injury that is more painful than it is serious. So Every time that you sup, you get that stabbing pain because it's really controlling the movement of your foot. So no matter what movement you do, you get this like stabbing pain in your foot. So it can be really painful, um, but it's not serious in that it doesn't require surgery or anything like that. Um, It just needs rest, physical therapy, um, and possibly steroid injections if it's not going away after a while. But um, yeah, there's nothing really you can do to fix it, but it is like quite a painful painful injury because every step is literally painful and so that's probably why SGA isn't playing and then you don't want to make it worse you don't want to tear anything or like cause any like long-term damage so it's better just to rest it yeah that, that that's what I was getting at like could that lead to like like if he was to play on it could that like mm-hmm. damage like say like his leg or like you know his calf muscle or something like that like you know because if you if you play mm-hmm. on something hurt then you know it can lead to more injuries kind of like Kevin Rant in the finals and all that yeah it can it could lead to like more like chronic inflammation or like damage to any of those tendons that run through that fascia um, unlikely that I, I think it would be unlikely that it would cause like any issues with the Achilles or, you know, like with, um, anything really in the leg, but yeah, that can be more serious. And then those things take longer to heal. So you'd rather just, you know, be really diligent about like six weeks of rest and be very serious about it. than just only do like two weeks and then have to rest again, two weeks later, and then like takes come back and then have to rest for a month. And so I think if you just, you know, are committed to it for that six weeks or so, then that'll be better long-term for SGA. And like we've been saying with both of these players, there's no need for them to play right now. So it's honestly better for them to just take all the time that they need. 
Yeah, for sure. We're on that three-game losing streak. We're, we're hitting stride with our tanking plan. So. Oh, yeah. Big, big <laughs> loss today. A very good, very good loss today. Yeah, <laughs> we've been sure. we've been collecting those. It's It's been mm-hmm. it's been a nice journey of late. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> the only thing that makes me sad is this net rating that we got going on right now. Like, we had it, like, somewhat close, and now the last couple of games just blowing this thing out the water. It was like I had a little bit of consolation losing and then still keeping mm-hmm. it close, and then now it's just like – like I, I watched Saturday night's game and we were down 30 in the first quarter. And I was like, just shoot me now. Yeah, um, <laughs> they've got like three players in concussion protocol now. And then Kenrich Williams just sprained his ankle. So he's probably not going to play for a game or two. So like who even, who even is left? Like, I don't even know who is playing right now. Like obviously none of the starters are playing. So it's wild. <laughs> Jalen Horde. Uh, who else? What was yeah. that other 10 day we Jordan picked up? Or like yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Delaware Red Claws or whatever. I like Blue it. Claws, close, Blue, but, you know. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm not a, I'm not a crab connoisseur. I'm a champagne guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, real quick before we move on from, uh, you know, Shay's injury, um, you know, Goran Dragic, he had plantar fasciitis in the finals mm-hmm. last year. And yeah. obviously it was very important that finals run and he was going to try to give it a go. And, and I remember watching like, uh, footage from warm-ups and he was mm-hmm. like in so much pain that he was like in tears yeah then, then you see shay kind of jumping up and down on the bench anytime somebody <laughs> does something crazy so like mm-hmm. is is it different like based on the person like you know is that just like a pain tolerance or is there like levels to the inflammation or mm-hmm. what yeah there can be different severities of inflammation for sure it could also be that um, like the newness of the injuries. So probably as it begins to heal, obviously it hurts less. Um, so for Goran Dragic, it was like, he had just, you know, mm-hmm. just had plantar fasciitis. So it probably was a lot more painful. And then I don't know if they're giving Shay like steroid injections or something like that. So it's not as painful. That could be a reason why as well, but yeah, it just, I think it depends, but also the phase of the, the healing that it's at will definitely, uh, differ the pain. Yeah, that that's fair. We, uh, we need to try to give uh, we need to try to give Shay a seatbelt for his bench though, so he doesn't jump up and down. That yeah, I need him to chill out for sure. <laughs> We're gonna put him in a booster chair. You stay there, <laughs> Shay. <laughs> and then Coach D's going over there, giving him celery yeah. sticks with peanut butter and raisins. <laughs> You're a good boy. Hey, whatever works, man. Um, I'll see here. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, j- just so you know, Olivia, if I say absolute when they make a big deal of it, I say absolutely too much. I don't even I don't even realize I'm doing it. It just comes out like word vomit. It's, so that's fine. It's a drinking game for us <laughs> at this point. All right. So uh, you know, we kind of touched on a little bit of the thinking. Um, how would you, Olivia, describe the Thunder season this year? Would you describe this as a success? Um, are you with the tanking? Like, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts there? So, yeah, I obviously think that people are going to have two different perspectives, depending on whether you want them to be tanking or whether you want them to be good. So if you're if you wanted them to be good, then I think that they surpassed what people's expectations were for them. And I think they had some really good wins this season. They've had really big contributions from new players that we thought would be mostly insignificant, but turned out to be really important. Shea has been phenomenal. So in all those regards, it's been really good. But as far as the tanking goes, which I think that that is what they need to do, especially in a draft class this stacked and that's important, like this is a good class. You want to get the best possible pick that you can get. 
they haven't been losing enough and it's going to be hard now. I feel like they're after the trade deadline, they're very committed to it, but I mm-hmm. think it's a too little too late because Houston, Detroit, um, the Timberwolves, all of them, they've been on that, on that train since the very beginning. And so we're, it's going to be hard to catch up to those teams. And especially with Houston, we need to be worse than them because of the pick swaps. So that's like a very big consideration as well. So it's going to be difficult, I think, for the Thunder to catch up with that. And so in that regard, I think that if they were, if, if after the trade deadline, they already knew that they were going to commit to tanking, then why not just start that earlier, like to get out of it. So in that regard, I think they could have been better, but it's been super fun to watch. And I think uh, coach Dagnall has just like completely surpassed my expectations. I was not expecting really much of anything from him. I honestly thought he would be like a temporary, like transitionary hire. And when Sam Presti said at the very beginning of the season that this is not that type of hire, I was like, okay, Sam, like, fine. <laughs> but he actually he might have been onto something with that one because he's been phenomenal for this team, especially with the young players and just like finding so many diamonds in the rough in these players. And I love that about him. So a really good hire. So in that regard, also good. So I'm like 50-50. I think it depends on your perspective and how you want to look at it. Yeah. And I, I, I think you're right on the dot. Like, you know, like you said, it's been a really fun season just because, you know, last season, um, last season was fun, but it was fun in a different way. It was fun because we was overachieving mm-hmm. this year. It's fun because, you know, we're just getting, you know, you kind of just get to experience the game with no stress because at the end of the day, sure. Like we won a lot of games early on, but we're still kind of in that bottom, you know, tier. Like I think mm-hmm. after Toronto won, uh, after Toronto won tonight and we lost tonight, I think we're tied with them for eighth, but we're just like a half game back from Cleveland from the seven spot. So mm-hmm. like we're, we're, we're making ground that way. It's, it's just a, it's a slow process. Yeah, for sure. Two games back from Cleveland. Um, oh, okay. So um, according to Tankathon and I just refreshed it. So tankathon.com. If you're not looking at that thing 48 times a day, you're doing thunder basketball wrong right now. Um, because of that follow-up question, are there any prospects that you're super interested in for OKC, uh, to get in this draft? Yeah. So real, I mean, realistically let's, okay. So assuming they're not going to get like the ones that everybody wants. So like Evan Mobley, um, Jalen Suggs, uh, Kate Cunningham, I don't think they're really in the running for that right now. So like outside the top five, um, okay, I'm gonna tell you exactly what's gonna happen. So it's gonna they're gonna get to the Thunder's pick. There's gonna be two players on on the board available for the Thunder to take. They're gonna be Scotty Barnes and also um, with K- Kispert is that his name? Mm-hmm. Corey Kispert. Okay, those are gonna be the two players that are that's um, Sam Presti's gonna have to choose from. So one of those players is a phenomenal knockdown three point shooter, just generally probably the best th- the best shooter in this draft class. The other person is very tall, very long, and has a very uh, long win- wingspan. So out of those two players, which one is Sam Presti going to pick? <laughs> He's going to pick Scotty oh. Barnes, and it's going to be the exact, like, literally, it's going to be Darius Basley, Terrence Ferguson. Like, this is just, like, his type, and we're all going to be so mad at him and so frustrated because he just, he definitely has a type, and he just keeps picking these players that have these, like, really long athletic bodies but can't shoot, and so – it's going to be frustrating and I'm, I'm calling it now. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I rebuttal that. No, he is absolutely going to do a solid this time. He's learned from all prior 
12 picks that he's made, okay, with the same criteria. Yeah. He's finally uh -huh. learned, okay? He picked himself, himself up a Lou Dort. He's got a different mind now. You get yourself a he Lou really, Dort He didn't hands. really pick himself up a Lou Dort, though. Lou Dort was on the blue. But he, he was really undrafted. He had to go pick him up and say, hey, come to my blue team. Let's he go hang out over probably here for a minute. can play defense, though, Jerry. Like, come on. I guess. But he's against yeah. the stereotype is my point, right? I don't know. That's just, like, his, his type. We all know it. And it hasn't really panned out in a long time <laughs> since, like, Sergi Baca. <laughs> and so I feel like he – I don't know. He needs he needs to pick Kesper in this situation because as, as great as Scotty Barnes is, I just – that's not what the Thunder need right now. They don't need another Darius Basley. So do we need Kisper with or without the facial hair? Um, you always with. Facial hair. Yeah. I, I like you already. <laughs> so you think oh. Sam, Sam Presti's going to look at the board at the end of the draft and play a little Jamie Foxx and be like, yeah. I always fall for your type. And it's yeah. like... Oh my God. Like I, I, def I definitely would love that him, Everyone around him is going to be like, no, bro. Like this is not, this is not the pick that we need right now in this moment. And he's going to be like, no guys, I feel this. And then how do you say no to Sam Presti? You know, he's Sam Presti. So hey, this time it'll be different. This one will <laughs> okay. not break my heart. Okay. All right. This one's different. No, we're yeah, so if he doesn't want to break our hearts, then we need to we need to get to step in on this losing, so that way we can draft Evan Mobley of my alma mater, and then I will be very happy. <laughs> okay, he's like the like the third best option out of like the top three, but so pretty good. I, I would be happy with anybody in the top five, and yeah, I, I love Mobley's game. Uh, it's just. Just like a lot, a lot like Poku, he just scares me, you know? Yeah. He's a, he's a skinny big in the NBA. And he came out of the Pac-12, which is just, you know, is it even a real conference? We don't know. It is now after we ran table in the tournament, but it was questionable fair. for a while. <laughs> and then you that is fair. Name for themselves too. Yeah. Um, in case people are late to the party, if somebody wasn't from the University of Kentucky, Dylan's going to hate the pick immediately That's on draft day. And it'll take him a while to like come around. Like he hated Poku too. And he's finally started to come around to him as yeah, well. Yeah. So. See, I don't Fun. have that luxury as an alumna of USC because we have one good player like every like five years. <laughs> so when there's one, I don't remember the last time we had a top five pick. I don't even know when that was. Um, but. OJ Mayo? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And then he obviously problem. turned out so great in the NBA. Yeah. So. <laughs> but we'll always have DeMar DeRozan and Taj mm -hmm. Gibson. So Kevin Porter yeah. Jr. And and Vucevic. He's been he's been balling. So <laughs> I did not even realize Vucevic went to USC. Wow. He did he did. I'm, yep. I'm shook. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I uh no, I, I'd love to have Mobley on the team. And uh as far as UK players, there are none that we can get. <laughs> Maddie Mole, so there you go. Um, we need to end every pod with that from here on out until <laughs> draft night. There are no players for UK guys. But I'm there okay. actually is, and and Presty probably was him. Isaiah Jackson, long athletic, can't shoot, but you know we won't talk about that. Um, let's, let's talk about the the team now. So we got, we got a few more questions here. Who have you been most surprised by? Oh, that's easy. Kenrich Williams, 100%. So my sister went to TCU. And so when Kenrich Williams was added to the Thunder, we clowned him so hard because we were just like, we know this guy. Like we, I think my sister, like Meadow, gone to like 
some party that he was at or something and he's like known for his mullet he's just like clown like that's just that was just his persona and that's just what we knew him as and so I was like this is so funny that he's on the thunder lol and then he like actually is super legit and super like all about everything that thunder is about which is one proving yourself two hustling and three, coming from nothing to become something. Like I said this on Twitter, like Oklahoma City is becoming the place where like kids become grown men in this league. And it's been so fun to watch him because he just has so much heart, so much talent. He is, he's not the most talented or most skilled player on the court ever, but he he plays like he is. And I really respect that about him, about him. And I feel really bad that I clowned him <laughs> at the beginning because he really has exceeded my expectations. And I think he's been phenomenal for the Thunder. And I think that he's going to be an important piece for them going forward, which is so wild to say, but I'm happy for him. Be our trusty veteran in the future. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there's a, lots of players that you could choose from for that question. Like Moses Brown has obviously been phenomenal as late. Um, Teo Maladon has been really good, um, scoring more points than Devin Booker in that game against Phoenix. Who would have thought? Poku's been phenomenal since he came back from the G League. It's really questionable at first, um, but after he's kind of came back from the G League, he's been really good. So there, I think that there's no really no wrong answer to that question. Good and answer. late breaking. And late breaking, uh, we do not know what's in the fanny pack for oh, Poku. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, Brandon was tell- telling me about that. But, yeah, we may never know. But I think that, yeah, Poku is just – he makes me laugh. He's just such a character. He's so awkward but also so unfashionable but also has, like, a really attractive girlfriend. So he's just an enigma, <laughs> a mystery. But I love it. I love it. The the most interesting man in the NBA. Oh, for sure, the for international sure. International man mystery, Poku. <laughs> um, all right, so let, let's go flip side of that. Who have you been most disappointed in? And uh, if it's Basil, you could say somebody else. <laughs> um, most disappointed. Um, that's tricky. I mean, I say first half of the season, Poku. Or is that is that a cop out? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Just say Darius Miller and get it over with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> poor guy. Dustin Jackson. I don't know. That's um, but I wouldn't really have didn't really have high expectations for him. Mm. So I mean, if I'm, I'm being really honest, it's Darius Basley. I had the highest expectations for him yeah. after the bubble, and I, you know, it seemed like at the start of the season he was going to pick up right where he left off but then it kind of fell off and then it kind of wasn't so good. And then it kind of got really bad when he was over sudden and like that happened multiple times. Um, so I have to say Darius busy, which I feel really bad about because I really like him. And obviously mm-hmm. I'm his biggest fan and I want nothing, but the greatness for him and his brand new dog. But <laughs> um, that, that has to be my answer, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Yeah. I, I thought basically it was going to, you know, kind of make a leap. You know, like you were saying, like, you know, when you see Shay doing what he's doing, you see Dort yeah. doing what he's doing and everything, mm-hmm. it's like, exactly. oh, where's and then, Yeah, and then it, you see those players doing what you need them to do, but then you also see new people really surpassing their expectations mm-hmm. and outplaying how they were before. And so it's just like really like everybody else is really out outplaying their former self. Um, maybe with like the exception of like George Hill, but he was like really injured with the mm-hmm. thumb. So 
I mean, every, I feel like everyone else was really taking a step forward this season. Even like Mike Mascala was great this season. Um, so yeah, that's kind of disappointing to see. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. You know, after like kind of going through the whole roster in my head, <laughs> unfortunately, Basley is like the only person that has kind of failed to meet expectations. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. and I, I personally think that's so unfair. I really do. Just because this is the thing, right? We threw these guys in a damn bubble, okay? Yeah. They had zero fans. It was literally like playing a double AU summer camp for two months, you know? And everyone seems to forget he's literally 20, what is he, 21 now? I think he just turned 21 or is about to turn 21. Okay, but you can't really use that excuse because like Teo Maladon's 19, Poku's 19, like this team is full of young people. Even Shea Gildas Alexander is super young and is like a freaking all-star. But that's the thing is, is Shea, you had those expectations because he went to a blue blood, blue blood school on a successful team, right? And even Teo and, and Poku, in my opinion, they played a level of professional basketball. Was it the NBA? No, right? But it was a level of professional basketball where it had that uh, organization. It had that day in, day out workout, things of that nature. And literally Darius Baisley comes from the New Balance headquarters to Oklahoma City and does exactly what we expected him to do during the regular season last year, in my opinion, right? He didn't do too much during the regular season before COVID shut it all down. Then we come back to two months later and it's like, what? You can do this? And and then we come into this season and it's like, oh, dude, you did that in the bubble in the Mickey Mouse championship. You should be able to just ball out all year this year. And it's, it's I think it's yeah. kind of unrealistic. I mean, I, I mean, obviously all of our expectations of all of these players are always unrealistic. I mean, they're just people. They're not, they're not gods, you know, they're just regular people with a talent for putting a ball in a hole. If we, if we think about it in simplest terms, but so I, I think our expectations for everyone are always really high, but I, I don't think it was that we expect him to, you know, hit four threes every game or anything like that for the entire season. But I think, honestly, the thing that I saw the most in the bubble for Darius Basley, more than any skill or, you know, scoring that he did was confidence. And that's not something that is like requires, you know, you know, going to practice every day or requires experience. Like, I feel like that confidence that he had should be able to carry over. But it seems like it had the opposite effect where like he was like, oh, now I feel like there's a lot of pressure, which I always say this on podcasts and when we're talking about Darius Baisley on the small chance that Darius Baisley ever watches anything that I say is that I feel like he needs to just like put all of that out of sight out of mind and just you know kind of play and like not feel that pressure which I know is obviously hard easier said than done but I feel like he's putting the pressure on himself almost more than like we are on him and you know that's what? why after your first year of residency, I want to talk to you about how you did, and then we're going to set expectations for that second year and see how you did. Well, yeah, okay, do that, because my expectation after my first year of residency is second year is to be better than I was the first year. If I'm going backwards, if I'm becoming a worse doctor, then that's a problem, right? <laughs> so, yeah, two yeah, totally different that. things, I'm sorry. <laughs> so do that, call me, because I, if I'm becoming a worse doctor and I'm becoming – to the point where I'm not helpful to my patients and I would like you to tell me that please. Okay. Well, touche on that, but no, in, in all honesty, I, I do think that it's for, for, for these guys being so young and just where they're at. Yeah. You got a point in Shay, right? I'm not going to sit there and yeah. deny that, but those other guys it's, it's, 
Poku, for instance. Yeah. He probably never thought he was going to be here. Teo went from a draft, a lottery pick, or at least top 20, you know, last year's draft until his French coach decides to cuck him on the bench. And, you know, now he's balling out because he's like, I'm not supposed to be here. I think, like you said, I guess, yeah, get all the other crap out of the way. You're here now. Do what you got to yeah. do. But I also think, like, give this guy another good year and full season – and I think it's he's just, he's ready to it's go. It's just hard to cut him slack on a team like this where young people with no experience or little experience or players that have been counted out for the entire time they've been in the NBA or the G League are just, you know, surpassing expectations and making a name for themselves. It's just, like, hard to grant him that slack when other people are doing that. Like Lou Dort, for example, who is just – you know, been told all the time that he's not good enough to be in the NBA. And then now he's like a household name. And I think that's really awesome. And so I just want that for everyone. So I just feel like it's hard on this team. Maybe if he was on another team, maybe if he was like on the magic or something and everyone else was trash too, but he's not. So. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, like, you know, that eye roll, I'm getting so much eye roll. No, 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 no. That, no that, that's more of like a, yeah, I, I could see that. Right. That's, yeah. that's more of that for me. I don't take that as an eye roll at all. Cause it's not because I would argue it on both ends, no yeah. matter what. And I like arguing this kind of stuff because I think that mm-hmm. there's no tape that you can put towards this. There's yeah. no analytics that you can base on the conversation that we're having. And it's just straight right. up mental can he do this or can he not? So, and I think he can, no matter what Darius, I know you're listening to me right now. You're the man. Don't listen to Olivia. She's not, she is not feeling bad about you this year. She thinks you've been awesome. She thinks that you're going to be even better next year. She just didn't want to tell you right now. That's, that is, that is true. I think he is fantastic. And I, I, it's only because I believe in him and I know his potential. That's all. There we go. Yeah. So, so I, um, for one, I'd be willing to say that Darius is probably harder on himself than any of us are. And yeah. he probably sets much higher expectations for himself than we do. Um, and I think that our targeting him is maybe a disappointment is maybe more of an indictment of our player development as a culture. Um, because we're seeing all these other guys who haven't gotten chances of everywhere else and their talents haven't been maximized everywhere else. And now like coach D is getting the most out of them, right? Our, our guys are taking leaps and bounds in their first and second year that we didn't know that they really could take Dort coming in and basically being the best shooter in the NBA in like the first, like two weeks of the season. Um, we're like, Whoa, what happened there? Now he regressed to the mean a little bit. And like, maybe Baisley's just going to take a little more time to get on that arc. We'll see. I mean, I guess the Bruce shoulder maybe had a little bit to do with that, but uh, that our expectation is a, <laughs> our expectation as a culture has been, uh, set so high because of our ability to really develop players. So I think that's Thunder culture um, as a whole. And so maybe it is good to take a step back and say, you know what, like natural progression and development of players typically takes a while. Just go look at Jimmy Butler and look at what, what it took for him to become the player he is now. It took him a while. So um, that's a very interesting point about like if Baisley's going to be part of our core moving forward. So all that to lead into this question. <laughs> If you're Sam Presti, who do you consider our young core? Like, if you can only take like four or five guys, maybe at the max, and move them forward for the next like four or five seasons, right? Um, so obviously Shea, obviously Dort. So those ones I think are are locked in for me. Um, I think Poku, um, 
would be part of that going forward. I have always thought that he's a long-term project and it wouldn't make any sense for the Thunder to give up on him after two years. One, because he's so young and two, that was something that we knew when we drafted him is that this was a long-term project. So to give up on that after two years, I think would be silly and short-sighted. Um, so then that le- if you only, only want me to pick four, that leaves one spot, which I think right now it's Darius Baisley, but I think that has the potential to change. I think after the Thunder draft another player and it comes becomes more towards moving towards winning again, um, it'll be interesting to see if Darius Baisley is still one of those four. But the players that I think that are right there knocking on the door and fighting for that spot are Moses Brown and Kenridge Williams. And so I think that there's a lot of options. Obviously, Teo. Sorry, I forgot about Teo. I was thinking of it in terms of like a starting five. And so obviously we've got Shea. Mm -hmm. So, but Teo Maldon should definitely be in there as well. Um, And so I feel like there are a couple of players that are right there knocking on the door that, you know, could go one way or the other, but would be a little bit more of a risk than I think Darius Baisley is just because, you know, those are players that are having a really good season this year that historically have not been as good. So it's hard to tell if it's just like a, a one-time thing or if it's kind of who they are. So for now, I'm going to say Darius Baisley is in there, but I feel like it's going to, he's going to have to fight a little bit when he comes back. Um, and I, I kept it at four or five because we've got yeah. a million draft picks in the next like yeah. six drafts. Right. And so obviously, Ash- yeah, like spots four and five probably belong to someone who I don't even know yet. And a spot number five probably belongs to someone that's in like middle school right now. So. <laughs> that is fair. Monty Bates or something. Oh, yes. Speak it into existence. We're coming oh, after you, yeah. Victor. Victor Bumyamabia, whatever his name is. is Thank you. It's hard for me. Okay. What's that other guy's name? McCaulick or McCaulick? Yeah, probably we got to save a spot for Bronny Jr. So that way when Bro- Bronny Jr. comes to Oklahoma City, yes. then we get LeBron in his final year and it all just works Face out. Face Jam 3. And then, yeah. no, then we got to fit Russell in there because he's going to come back and win a championship with us. So we got a lot of moving parts here. We guys. got a lot to do. Yeah. So it's hard to say who the who the young core will be going forward. <laughs> but definitely Shea, definitely Dort, definitely Boku. All right, well, hey, talking about that young core, you know, you kind of talked about future plans. Amani Bates, Bronny, <laughs> then getting LeBron, and maybe bringing yeah. Russ back for a ring there at the end. How long yeah. do you think this rebuild is going to take before we're kind of back in that contention status? So I feel like I'm overly optimistic on this, but if we think about the Thunder's original rebuild, the original trust the process, as I like to call it, because it really did set the blueprint, I think, for what the Sixers – did Mm -hmm. is it took so the thunder came to oklahoma city in 2008 and then in 2010 they were in the playoffs and in 2012 they were in the finals so i'm gonna put this at three years is my conservative estimate i think that will be a lot better in that third year but maybe not quite making the playoffs but i think the we have so many picks that I think that we can land good players in the draft. We can also package those picks to get players that are more established. The thing that I think is going to be difficult, um, and that was not really as much of a problem as it was in 2008, is just the idea of super teams and players um, agreeing to, for, to, uh, to play on better and minimum contracts for certain teams and the free agency market. Let's be real. No free agents want to play in Oklahoma City. The fact that Paul George resigned will forever and always be an anomaly in, in Thunder history. Um, that So that's not really how we're going to get established great players. And then if players 
are, you know, in the buyout market, they don't want to come fly for Oklahoma City either. And so, which is dumb, obviously, because we all know that it's amazing. And everyone who played here on accident is like, wait, I thought this was going to be terrible. And it was actually amazing. See Chris Paul. Um, but that's fine. That's beside the point. That's their problem. Um, but that I think is going to be more of a challenge for small market teams like the Thunder going forward. And it's something that Presti has talked about that the team has really stressed, I think, to, to media members is just, you know, like how, what a challenge it is for the for small market teams right now to, to compete with a team like the Nets, which have five all-stars, five current slash former all-stars on their team now. And like the Lakers who were just able to sign Andre Drummond because they're willing to pay for it, play for nothing to play on a championship team in a great city. So that I think is going to be challenging for Sam Presti. And it's going to be, I think, um, a challenge that he didn't encounter the last time he was kind of building a team from nothing. The, I disagree with that point right there. I okay. think that, and I'll the reason why I think that, no, 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 no. And, but in a good way though, because uh-huh. everything that you mentioned, right, Chris Paul, yeah. Mm-hmm. All these ex-players, you know what I mean, that I have talked about it, talked really, really good about it. Our track record doing players right, you know, go see Paul George, go see Russell Westbrook, go see, gosh, I'm not going to use Serge there. Chris Paul's another one. I mean, the, the list goes on and on and recently. And I think nowadays, and it's, it's becoming more true, I think, is that <clears throat> players – want to play with front offices and coaches and systems that actually know what they're doing. Um, you know, look at Orlando, for instance, right? You have freaking Disney world in your backyard. Okay. <laughs> Literally in your backyard and you can't get anyone to come down there. Right. Are, you, shack equating, wait, hold on a second. Are you equating Disney world to living in Los Angeles? Uh, kind of. Uh, it's called Disney world, Olivia, not Disneyland. All right. It's yeah, bigger. I just, just want to just wanted to clarify that. As they have a zoo. Lived in Los Angeles. Those are not uh, the same thing, but continue. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. But at the same time, though, I think that especially whenever you're talking about all these buyouts and everything that these players are doing, sure, they're going to destination cities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's if those teams absolutely sucked, right, the Lakers or the Nets right now, do you think either one of those later – those newer pickups or newer additions would have went there. No, they wouldn't have. They would have went. LeBron signed with the Lakers when the Lakers were trash. Well, no, 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 no. That was already in the plans though. Right. So, and I can't, we can't use LeBron as the example there because he's always done everything in his, in his career to maximize his payout. You know, he's always done that. And that's fair, right? You have a gift, use it. But I think that you look at some of the, the trends going on and, dudes just want to win. So if we're winning and we have the team to do it and we have the track record with all these other players talking how good we are, I don't think it's as bad as we say sometimes. Cause I've been in that fold before. It was just like, yeah, you know, who wants to go eat dinner at vast and act like that's some, you know, ridiculous restaurant. Right. Like you got a hundred of those in LA and a hundred of those in New York. But I, I think it's more than that, especially with these younger the younger generation, like the, the, the double AU, it's more like a double AU, you know, sort of set up nowadays versus than what it was 20, 30 years ago. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that, yes, you have some points there, but I think okay. that with those points, I think that there's some good that could actually land our way too, to be honest. Yeah. It's just, I just think that it'll take a long time for the Thunder to get back to, you know, a finals appearance team. And so I feel like that's kind of 
it kind of sucks that we have to reprove ourselves and then like get free agents or whatever on the other side. Whereas I, I feel like these other franchises can go up and down and they still are able to get the players that they get. So that's really the, the main thing is I feel like, yeah, like what you said, like when, when we win, people will see that this is a place that they want to play, but sad that we have to like prove that first. It kind of makes it like, kind of makes it an added level of difficulty for us to even get there. Like, it's like the other teams already are like, are on a higher playing field and we have to work our way there and then work up higher to get past My- them. So, my yeah. heart wants to go with Jerry. My head goes with Olivia here. That's just the way just, it is. Yeah. And that's the thing is I definitely think and, that there's more. Well, see, there. And I also, I also think that we can like, we as media members and people that cover this team, we see this every day. Like we see how great this for our offices. We see how great the team is. We see every day, these clips of Chris Paul being like, this is like a legit place to be, but I feel like other people especially other players don't really see that and slash don't think that's enough. Like, yeah, that's really cool. But also I don't want to move to Oklahoma. I mean, well, I get <laughs> in our defense <laughs> now, as far away as I could, but it's fine. <laughs> in our defense. Now they don't have to stay at the Skirvin. We got the yeah. Omni right across the street. That'll that's level true. the playing field just yeah. a little bit. You yeah. know, you know, the Omni, the one that we have two of in the Dallas Fort Worth area, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. It's a very, it's a very fine establishment NBA players. Okay. I love staying there. I'm excited for Oklahoma city. And I think that I, I think I completely agree with you, obviously that it is a great place to to be and to, to be on a team. And obviously they take care of their players, but it's going to be hard to convince people of that. I mean, I can move back to the Bay area right now and I don't because Oklahoma is home. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Jerry, you, you don't There's have no other reason. Salary though, like the lifestyle and all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, I could go out there and make 200k a year doing the same job I'm doing right now, just because. Of- yeah, and then spend 150 of that on your rent. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's the California dream. It is. Uh, I uh, I think what's important here is like you know, um, like I I, I lean I lean on Olivia's side. I think that you know, free agent destinations obviously that they're going to go to the coast. You know, Kirk Goldsbury uh, wrote an article you know, talking exactly about that when he's talking about like team building, and um, I I think that it it's unwise to rely on free agents to try to come to OKC just because of that. And you know, it has happened. Like Olivia said, you know. Paul George elected to come back to OKC, you know, to resign and like give it an actual chance. Like he didn't have to do that. He could have gone to LA and, you know, he eventually did, but he could have done it, you know, quicker. But I think uh, just like, you know, a lot of people are like, um, oh, well, you can get the star players late in the first round. You can get them in the second round. Like, yeah, you can, but it's better to be, to go with the rule than to take the shot on the exception. Well, and, and like I said, I, I totally, what you're saying is all the way valid. Like what, are, what you guys are saying is completely valid. I just think I have a little bit more hope, I guess, is the way that I want to say that, that we actually will be able to in the, you know, in the near future. So just let me have my hope guys. All right. Just let me have my hope. Quit all crapping right. on me. We're, we're signing Kawhi this off season. Jerry said it first. So <laughs> there you go. It's happening. Okay. I will say one more thing just because I'm really bad at letting things go. Me too. Me too. <laughs> you met your match, Olivia. Okay. But okay. So that's where, okay. So the thunder. Okay. So they, they have all these great players. They get to the finals. They're like, repeating playoff appearances for like six straight seasons, whatever. And they still couldn't get anyone. 
So like they couldn't get they didn't so, get free agents when they had Katie and Ross either. Sure, but at that at that time though, if you look at Oklahoma City, what it was at that time, we literally had Scott Brooks. Okay, as our freaking coach. No one wants to play for that guy. I'm just being honest there. No one really wants to play for that guy. Okay. Then just go look at the whole NBA landscape back then versus where it's at right now. Completely different worlds. And it, we're in a completely different place now. We we have the young guns, the up and comings, right? And then at that time, there was a lot of solidified teams that were playing together, whether it was the Heat, um, whether it was the Celtics, um, trying to think of somebody else back then but you know it's I, I just think that worth where time's at I've, I've been I'm a big thing a guy on like hey people get older so a lot of these guys that are 32 33 balling out of control right now well guess what in three to four years they're gonna be 36 37 38 years old they're not gonna be able to do what they were doing before let's just and call it what gonna, it is then they're gonna move to Oklahoma and settle down and have a family <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, we got the best freaking pond views this side of the Mississippi. Okay. Uh, no. And I just, I, I just think that with what you're saying there, yeah, sure. There, there's some validity to it, but then at the same time, the NBA landscape was completely different to me. Okay. I, I'm still going, I'm still on Olivia's side here. All right, go ahead. You bunch of kiss asses. Jerry. <laughs> Oh, he's doing he's doing the yep he's doing Jerry's favorite uh, gift from the last dance, uh, a little sure. security guard strike. He literally uses it in every situation. So yes. Um. All right. Well, hey, we <laughs> well, let's move on to the game time. Let's let's, okay. let's have a little fun here. So, obviously, you know, we talked about your own day with Thunder, and yep. uh, we talked about how you got into basketball. So, I put three v three here. I put I left it very ambiguous, so you didn't know what to prepare for. So yeah. If you use it to go in a three and three tournament, so yourself mm-hmm. and two other people, you got to pick somebody from the Daily Thunder staff, and mm-hmm. you have to pick a Thunder player that played in the game tonight. So it can't be Dort, Baisley, Shea, any of those guys. It has to be one of our random players that played tonight. So to pick someone from Daily Thunder. Okay, mm-hmm. so but I also have to be on the team. Yeah, you're on the team. Oh man, you're I just yelling. Right you're just not. <laughs> Yeah, you're just screaming at him like you did on the rowing team. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll just I'll just shout. I'll just uh, coach from from the side because already by putting me on the team, we already brought down the value of the team. <laughs> People don't know if they've ever seen me before. I'm like five foot one. Like I said at the beginning, I'm very small and I have no athletic talent whatsoever. Um, okay, so on Daily Thunder, the only person that I know that like semi regularly plays basketball but also doesn't play that much anymore because now he has kids is Brandon. Mm-hmm. I think John used to play, but doesn't really play that much anymore. I don't think Cray plays. So I guess I have to pick Brandon be at, like by default, by process yeah. of elimination. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll pick Brandon. So um, Brandon and I are both pretty short. Neither of us are very tall. So we definitely need some height on our team. We definitely need some size on our team. So I'm gonna go with Moses Brown. I think me and Brandon and Moses Brown. I think we could. I think we could throw down. All right. I like with whom that. I don't know, but that's probably the best. We can't have a point guard. We can't have anyone small. We need height. So yeah. it was either Moses Brown or Kenridge, but he sprained his ankle. So see, I was expecting <laughs> Poku there, but hey, I like it. Moses Brown be tearing people up down low. So I'm uh, Poku. We need size. We need. We need a uh, strength. Which I feel like I I'm not a strong person, but sometimes I feel like I could just knock Poku over. 
Don't tell him I said that. I couldn't. He's very we, we need to make this happen, actually. Like, just get it to happen where shove Puka, Poku over by Olivia and let's see if the Thunder will let it happen. And then we can No, he's like, def- like, he, we say that he's like really skinny, but he's yeah. still like, what, like 200 pounds. So there's mm-hmm. no way. Yeah. yeah. Still, still big body. But hey, yeah. you know, just, yeah. just get the ball to Moses Brown, feed the crow, watch him grow. I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, our next game here, we got recents now. This is basically just kind of rapid fire. We'll kind of go around and ask like your most recent, you know, it could be like movie watch, a uh, phone call you made, a uh, joke you told, something like that. And, you know, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll just do like uh, maybe two each. We'll do it like that. But, you know, okay. so I'll start here. Uh, what is your most recent movie you've watched? Most recent movie. Um, I rewatched Spotlight like two days ago. Oh, nice. See, I don't I, know why I it, was on, it was on Hulu, I think. And I was like, yeah, this is a good movie. It's kind of depressing, but it's a good movie. <laughs> Always fun. I, I haven't seen that. I've, I've been wanting to see it, but I have not. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's on Hulu. I'll have to check it out. I have Hulu. So go ahead, Maddie. <laughs> what you got? Uh, most recent TV show that you've binged? Um, what was the most recent TV show that I binged? That's a good question. Uh, I think it was uh, Tehran on, uh, it's on uh, Apple TV plus. It's really good. It's really good. If you like Homeland, you would really like that show. It's really good. It's a really good show, but it's not in English. Well, most of it's not in English. So is it in Persian or what is it in? Uh, Farsi, yeah. Farsi. Well, that's, <laughs> um, it's in three yeah. different languages. It's in, it's like Arabic, Hebrew, and Farsi, and then like some English. So it's like a lot of switching back and forth. Yeah. So yeah, so my my boyfriend speaks Farsi. And so he like he was like, even for me, it was difficult because they just like kept switching back like Hebrew, Arabic, English. It was like all over the place, but it's a really good show. So would recommend. All right. Jerry, what you got, man? Yeah. Um, your most favorite debate and tell me why it was the one that we just had. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. You know, I like it. I, I much prefer it. Like when you go on a podcast and like, you can have a good argument or discussion about something. I, like I said, I like have a really hard time letting things go and like not having the last word. So yeah, that was, that was definitely up there. Um, but I also enjoy my little arguments that I have with Brandon, even though they're, they're only two minutes long. Um, they get, they get pretty heated. They get pretty heated sometimes because we really strongly disagree about things, um, sometimes. Um, and so that's pretty fun. I'm just ready for all the subtweeting from the daily thunder account. (laughs) Just throwing shade at Jerry for like the next two weeks. I'm really excited. I'm here for it. Oh, you will catch the fastest block you've ever caught in your life. (laughs) Okay. All right. And I will literally, (laughs) no, I will put on a sailor hat and I will flame the hell out of that podcast. All right. Wow. I'm just going to move on. What? Okay. um, That's not what we do in Thunder Twitter. I thought that's what we did. I'm sorry. All right. Everybody knows. Let's move along. All right. Most, (laughs) Most recent dessert you've had uh ben and jerry's um unpopular opinion my favorite flavor of ben and jerry's is cherry garcia i don't think i've yes. ever anyone really yeah. i like there no very few people oh, sure. that like cherry garcia and i like my family and then like 
my boyfriend are the only people I know. But now I know more people. This is great. I thought that that was like the least favorite cher- uh, Ben and Jerry's flavor. Those little cherry chunks are absolute fire. So they are. They are. Did did we find common ground with ice cream? Yes. <laughs> See, I'm boring. I just I'm boring. I'm a picky eater, so I just like vanilla. So I uh, I don't have that common ground with you, but I respect the opinion. So, Mules, what's your recent man? Uh, the most recent date night. If date night. You know, I, yeah, like it's just always interesting because like quarantine situation or like if the things aren't always open, like people got to get creative. So plus I'm married and I need ideas. (laughs) So, um, we, okay. So my boyfriend are in a long distance relationship. We've been dating long distance for the past four years. We met in college. This is TMI for the podcast, but we met in college and then we've been dating long distance for the past four years. So I actually don't know what our last date night was. It might've been when I went to go visit him in Kansas city, but I think we just got barbecue. So barbecue, I think was our last one, but he's going to be my, my date to my sister's wedding. So that's on Friday. So that's our next date, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Follow-up question. What's your go-to move on the dance floor at a wedding? Oh man, I can't dance, but go to move like a single move or like a dance like can it be or like a, it like could be the, the wobble it, yeah, <laughs> yeah that that works too okay the cha-cha slide it's fun it's coordinated they tell you exactly what to do because i like i said i can't yes. dance so i need one of those dances that has like like the macarena where it has like a a thing that you're just supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. that works like hey i'm a white boy like those speak to my those speak to my heart <laughs> so like it works out great Little known story, Maddie and his wife met on the wobble floor. Back. I'm totally kidding. They did not. They probably met at church or something. That we, we met at church, but we, we can wobble the hell out of the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> do, I'm, I'm literally feeding a kid right now on the podcast. I mean, yeah. I think we know how to wobble. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Oh, that went x-rated real fast. All right, man. Uh, no, uh, let's see. What what is your favorite spot to go eat at? Oh, Casey. Mm. I love Neighborhood Jam. They have the best drinks for brunch. If you've ever had the Hotline Bling, it's a uh, Bloody Mary, but it's like extremely spicy. Speaks my language. That's my favorite place. Huh. I like that place, but they don't call me Champagne Jerry for no reason. So okay. I'm a one trick pony when it comes to my brunch beverages. And I love a good Bloody Mary. I love spicy Marigs, Bloody Marys that are spicy. So the hotline bling, it's great, it's- but it is not for the faint of heart because it is actually quite spicy. I'm going to have my wife try it out because she loves that stuff. But quick story about Bloody Marys. I just got to tell everybody. So we tried, we attempted to make Bloody Marys on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. I go and get a nice bottle of Tito's. And the finest bottle of money can buy. And my wife, I was like, she was like, well, how many shots do I put in here? I said, three, you know, for both of us, you know, make two drinks, three shots total. She put three for each of us. (laughs) So then take the first sip and it's absolute rocket fuel. So um, I don't know if I'll be trying the Bloody Marys anytime soon. That sort of scarred me. So yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Hey, that was recent. All right. Our la- last one we got here is just kind of a doctor draft. And uh, th- this is something that we've kind of started doing 
just random drafts uh, based on a certain subject. And since you're going to school to be a doctor, we thought we would do a doctor draft. Basically, you just pick any doctor from pop culture. It can be an actual doctor. Like, you know, if you're into Grey's Anatomy, it could be a doctor Mm -hmm. from that. It could be Dr. Dre. It could be Mm -hmm. Dr. Doom. You know, just just be creative. And uh, we'll give you first pick since you're our guest. Okay. We'll just do do two each. Okay. What are what are we drafting them for? Is it like we're trying to make an all star team of doctors? Are we trying to who has the best doctors? We'll uh, we'll tweet it out and we'll see what the fans think. Okay. Um, I will go with Dr. Dre. All right. That's a good pick. I, I probably shouldn't have give, gave that in the example. You should not have. We'll take it. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Jerry here. Jerry. Oh, there's only one doctor at my house and my heart, Doctor Shepard from Grey's Anatomy. I love that man. day to save lives. It most definitely is. Put your your boating cap on and go do it. <laughs> All right, and uh, let's go to Maddie Moles. What's your doctor, man? Only because I know he's not, I know this doctor's not getting back to me because you probably get to pick two in a row, right? Um, Because you, yeah. I'm taking Dr. Pepper. Oh, Dr. Pepper. Just ruined his life. Do you want me to do the outro, Dylan? Because I don't think you're going to be able to finish. You you can (laughs) settle for. I'm gonna trade my my both my picks for Dr. Pepper <laughs> in a few in a future first. I also need cash considerations because like that that player is the MVP yeah, always. I got you. Okay, well, I, I'm gonna go Dr. Doom uh, from the Marvel universe. Uh, Dr. Doom is a menacing villain who is uh, probably one of the best villains in the Marvel universe. I would say. Uh, and let me see here. Let me think about it because. I, I'm shook after you said Dr. Pepper. Oh, that hurts my heart. Yeah, I drink Dr. Pepper like water, Olivia. That's that's. Yep. Why. Gotcha. Um, I'm gonna go Dr. Mario. I, I don't know why Dr. Mario sticks out in my head, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario and Dr. Doom. I think that's a formidable squad. So back to you, Maddie Moles. Um, I'm gonna take Doc Holiday. As, as my next one. So I'm not going to be able to save any lives, but I'm definitely going to have a good time before I get shot. So like that works out. I respect it. All right, Jerry, what you got? Uh, the one, the only Dr. Doogie freaking Hauser. If you guys don't put some respect on his name, like the kid was a prodigy, 14 years old, performing high-tech surgeries. Like get out of here with y'all's crap picks. My first one, too, it was terrible. Dr. Doogie Hauser for the win. Well, he he must not have been too successful because he was best known for wearing suits and hollering at women at bars later on in life. So, like, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Who do you to judge? Act like we've never done that on a Friday night before. It happens sometimes. You have a few too many. That happens. Jerry flexing on everybody and crapping on his own pick. I like it. All right. Olivia finishes out strong here. What you got? Okay, so this is the last pick. I'll say what I what, what I'm picking between. So I could go with the continuing the rhyming and go with Dr. Seuss, the classic. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was a, that was one option. Um, but I think there's also, well, there's also Dr. Schultz for comfort. 
mm-hmm. trying to think of all like the doctor, the doctor things. But I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I think feel confident about my choice. I'm gonna go with Doc Rivers. Does that count? <laughs> but, hey, I will allow it. I like all it. right. So my team is Doc Rivers and Dr. Dre. That that is an all all time team right there. There's zero chance that I don't win whatever this is. <laughs> yeah, it was gonna be a Twitter poll, but now I don't want to put it out because it's gonna be embarrassing. So <laughs> yeah, for you guys, Doogie Hauser and Dr. Shepherd, I got a winning ticket over here. Mm, very nice. No, I, I like it. Uh Dr. Dre, Doc Rivers. I like it. I, I would ask you to do a Doc Rivers impersonation, but you, you, I can't. Yeah, My voice does not go that low. <laughs> I, I don't think any of us could. Jamie Foxx does a great Doc Rivers impersonation. You know, oh my gosh. <laughs> but uh, all right, man. Yeah, there we go. That was, that was our doctor draft. I like it. It was a successful draft. And I think that uh, Olivia just crushed us, despite what Jerry says. And Maddie Moore <laughs> broke my heart with Dr. Pepper. So that was fun. But uh, Olivia, I appreciate you coming on, um, you know, kind of give us some clarity on the injury and, you know, give us a little background into your life and uh, give Jerry the old one, two on the debating floor. And uh, <laughs> it was a good time. And, uh, you know, th- thanks again for coming on during the national championship. All good. All good. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. All right. Thanks Olivia. And for the record, you did win. And uh, until next time. So I won the doctor draft and I won our argument, so I think I won the whole podcast. <laughs> According to these two ding butts, like no, I'm winner winner chicken dinner over here. Jeez, it's a it's a dinner for one because you're the only one over there that that's thinks fine. that's actually what happened here. That's fine. It's the best damn chicken dinner for one ever. <laughs> I promise you. All right, Olivia, why don't you uh, give the folks, uh, you know, your socials and anything you got to plug coming up in the future? Maybe an article for Day with Thunder, something like that. You know, just. Shout them out. Your future practice. (laughs) You can follow (laughs) me on social media on Twitter at at Olivia NBA and or at Daily Thunder. I'm on both of those. And then the only thing that we've got coming up, uh, Brandon and I have cross bolts tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to argue about tomorrow, but I'm sure it'll be great. So tune in for that. Um, That's on Twitter at Daily Thunder. All right. That sounds good. Well, uh, before we uh, sign off, we always uh, come together for a collective thunder up. You want to join us on that? I would love to. All right. I like it. Guys, we appreciate you listening. We hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated when it's possible for you to do so. And don't forget, thunder up. Thunder up. up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.